Niata, hello. It's Alison here from a church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. Forgive and you will be forgiven. These words of Jesus are all very well. If you are a six-foot-tall male and built like a truck, or a burly fisherman, perhaps, with eleven brothers. But too often these words are spoken to victims of violence, and then these words can cause even more harm. Your husband hits you? Turn the other cheek. Your uncle hurts you? Pray for him. A bully hates and humiliates you? Do good to them. Someone has done terrible things to you and you are locked in time, doomed to relive them at the slightest trigger. Forgive them or you won't be forgiven. Your mother rips you apart with her accusations and curses from morning to night. Honour your parents. Say nothing. Your only job is to bless her. Well, let me say up front, these are shallow callous and irresponsible readings and to offer such advice to a victim of violence is an act of violence in itself there is no question that jesus calls us to love our enemies but this is not the same as sending lambs to the slaughter so let's take a closer look because i think we'll find that in this text there is a better way now the first thing to notice about jesus words is that they imply choice. They suggest that the people being addressed have the power to decide, for good or evil, how to respond when they're being harmed. Yet choice is precisely what victims don't have. If you're being thrashed by someone twice your size, being told to turn the other cheek is meaningless. It's already black and blue. If everything you have has already been taken from you, you have nothing left to give. So Jesus is not telling powerless victims how to respond because such people can rarely choose. Instead, if we go back to the text, we find that Jesus is not speaking to individual victims, but to a collective of disciples, mostly men, some of whom haul heavy nets day in, day out. These blokes have great physical strength as well as enormous social power over women and children. They know how to swing a punch, and they know how to retaliate when they believe they've been shamed. If someone wrongs them or threatens their honour, God forbid, they can choose their response. And this might mean grabbing a few mates to corner that somebody and beat them to a pulp, or even to organise an honour killing. To people with this sort of power, Jesus is saying, when you feel offended, threatened or wronged, don't retaliate. Not even an eye for an eye. Step away from the cycles of retribution and violence. They never end. Be a stopper, not a starter. Take a deep breath and let it go. Just let it go. It's not just that he's largely talking to men. But these men belong to a community. The community was made up of individuals, yes, but in gospel understanding, 
individual identity is subsumed into the community of Christ. And so Jesus is teaching a community how to respond. If someone is hurting an individual in the community, it's not the individual's responsibility to turn the other cheek and prayerfully submit to harm. Nor is it the community's responsibility to form a brute squad and to destroy the perpetrator. Instead, it's the community's responsibility to love, do good, pray for and bless both victim and perpetrator, and in all things to show the mercy and kindness of God. We talk a lot about love, but what do we actually mean by it? I'm quoting M. Scott Peck, Bell Hooks describes love as the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Now, spirituality is all about integration. It's a space where body, mind and spirit are unified. And it's a space where individuals are integrated with each other and with God. So to love is to act in self-giving ways which lead people to wholeness. And as Bell Hooks writes, love's ingredients include care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment and trust, as well as open and honest communication. Love includes care and affection, recognition and respect, commitment and trust, as well as open and honest communication. And that's from her book, All About Love. To a victim then, showing love and blessing them means recognising and acknowledging their abuse. It means protecting them, body, mind and spirit, from further harm. And it means supporting them with care, affection and commitment. It means helping them find safe places where they can be honest about their experience and work towards healing. It never, ever, ever means condoning violence or counselling a victim to accept it, because to do so causes physical, emotional and spiritual harm. It fractures trust. It destroys relationship. Of course, part of me would like to stop there with the victim, but Jesus instructs a community of disciples to love, do good, pray for and bless the enemy, the abuser, the perpetrator. So as difficult as it feels, let's set out how to do this. Now for a start, it doesn't mean cheap forgiveness and no consequences, nor does it mean allowing people to continue to harm, because their sin is tearing people apart, including themselves. It is the antithesis of spiritual growth. Instead, loving an enemy that is seeking their integration and wholeness means truth-telling, for there is no wholeness in the shadow of a lie. It means placing limits on behaviours, including at times limits on whether someone can participate in the life of a particular community. It means involving civil and denominational authorities when appropriate. And if the enemy is within the community, it means following agreed-upon processes for justice, mediation, restoration and healing. And it means understanding that many will reject such discipline and leave the community with the community's blessing 
and prayer. But it never means retaliation, for God is kind even to the ungrateful and the wicked, and we are to be children of God. We refuse to let the evil continue, but our response must be grounded in love and mercy and an impulse towards the perpetrator's growth, just as we seek growth for the victim. Of course, all this is deeply, deeply challenging. It's God's justice, not our justice. And those of us who've been sorely wounded might not feel up to it. But this is why we have each other. To belong to a wounded body larger than ourselves and our wounds. To draw strength from one another and from the Spirit of Christ. To have witnesses and advocates, companions and healers on the way. And to be oriented again and again and again back to Jesus' path. As Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Hate is a cancer that gnaws away at the very vital centre of your life and your existence. Jesus says love, because hate destroys the hater as well as the hated. Hate destroys the hater as well as the hated. Put another way, the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Hate will sow hatred, love will sow love. My friends, Jesus wants wholeness for all people. His love unites us. His love sows more love. And there's more than enough love to give away. Alone, very few of us can love our enemies. But joined together, strengthened by one another, and filled with the holy breath of a merciful, kind and loving God, we can do it. So let us love do good and bless and pray for our enemies for in this is the healing of the world and of ourselves in the name of Christ Amen There's always more to read on our website that's sanctuarybaptist.org Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters If you'd like to support the work of this little church you can make a donation via PayPal and you'll find the details for this on the website this recording was made on the lands of the Eastern Ma Nation. Right now, purple Dianella berries are plump in the garden, and everywhere you look, there are butterflies. The peace of the land be with us all. Amen.